Welcome out to the Dual Threat Podcast. Today we'll be making our NFL Week 1 picks, talking about our DraftKings lineups, and we'll also be talking about our big three of golf clubs we like to use. So stay tuned, everyone. But before we start, Tanner Giles. Tanner Giles, as you heard, we're so excited for this new rebrand of our podcast. Uh, obviously, we've got new music with Tanner Giles. Scott and his wife also came up with a new logo, and, and we kind of decided on a new name for the podcast. How does it feel, Scott, to have, have this whole new rebranding and this whole new show is what it kind of feels like? I don't know, man. It feels electric to be here on Dual Threat with you. I, I love the Bonner show. Season one was was awesome. I can't wait for season two. I've heard sequels are always better. Shrek 2 is better. Cars <laughs> 2 is better. All of, all of the best movies are number two is what I've heard. So that's what we're hoping for with Dual Threat. I can't take any of the credit for the logo. I made some absolutely just piss poor logos. So it was all, all the credit to my wife on that one because she she killed it. And we're excited for for what we have in store because of it. I'm super excited too. It's, it's just going to mean new things, new things to come and, and a better podcast, which is what we're all about. And, and I know we're super excited to dive into week one of the NFL, but in Utah, it's, it may be even in a more important week. And I want to just touch on this real quick. We didn't even talk about this before, but it's rivalry week here in Utah. You're a BYU alum. I'm a current student at the, at the U how do you feel about this game? What are your thoughts going into it? It is rivalry week. I wish you hadn't brought it up. What is, I mean, BYU's what? They've won what? The last 12 straight games, I think. This year. <laughs> so, I mean, is it even a rivalry for you guys at this point? I don't know if we can even really touch on that. Now, I, I felt very pessimistic coming into the year about this game. I felt a little bit better about getting to watch BYU's new quarterback, Jaron Holland, in week one. I thought he looked looked good and had some good moments. Um, I don't ever have any confidence these days going into this game. I will unfortunately, actually, for I, I should say fortunately, be at the game this week with my family, and I can't wait and looking forward to that. No matter what happens, it'll be it'll be a storyline for sure. It's always it's always fun, even when even when the Cougs are getting their butts whipped. So I don't know. We'll see. I I, I wish I had more predictions for you, man. That's okay. I'm jealous you're going to be in Provo. I'm, I'm not going to be able to attend in Provo this year, but I am so jealous. And, and, and I kind of sit on the fence. I say I'm like 50.0001% a Ute fan just because I oh, go there. Oh, <laughs> I, I know how sad, I, but you've got to support the place that you go, man, you know, but like, like we've always talked about, we've grown up going to BYU games together and, and had a lot of great time. So I can't, I, I feel like I sit so on the fence because of because of all those interactions, but I'm super excited for the game. And no matter what, I love that football's building in the state of Utah and it's it's growing. That's what I really care about. So I, I wish I could tell you more about Utah's team. I don't I don't know many of the uh, I know they're ranked number 24 um, and I know they looked all right this past week, but 
there's there's plenty of hype for this game. So it's even even if the teams stink, it'll still be fun to watch. Oh yeah, I, I can tell you a quick little bit about the U's team. Devin Lloyd's probably going to be one of the best linebackers in the country this year. So watch out for him in the game. They have Charlie Brewer, who's the new QB. I think he transferred from Baylor. Or, I can't remember where he transferred from. Um, if you want to fact check me on that. Yeah, I'll look, I'll look that up as you're talking. Get on it, get on it. So Charlie Brewer's great. And, and they have kind of a running back by committee right now. But, you know, it's going to be a typical Utah team, you know. Uh, Devin Lloyd's going to be leading the team on defense and the defense is really going to be what the strong point is of Utah. So it, I think it will be really fun with this up-tempo up offense uh, that, that BYU ran last year and getting to see it kind of more in place with Hall, who's a little bit better scrambling quarterback than Zach Wilson, but still does look for a lot of passes and, and really keeps his eyes downfield. So I'm super excited for what this game's going to bring. Yeah. Okay. So you were right. Charlie Brewer, four-year starter, I think, at Baylor. So no slouch by any means. Obviously a lot more experience than Jaron Hall has, but I kept Zach Wilson was at the Arizona game and and my cousin and I, Corey and I kept joking about how we just needed Zach Wilson just to suit up at halftime or something like that. What would they do if he if Zach Wilson just slipped the jersey right on? Like what what is anybody gonna say? I mean, it was it was looking a little worrisome at that point. So we need I I was hoping for it to happen. Unfortunately it didn't, but they still got the win. So anyway, that's all I gotta say about the the game this week, but looking forward to it. It'd be, it's going to be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to next week, just so the listeners know, we're going to be working together at the same company. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. We're both going to be working at Vivint we're, and full-time podcasters together. So, you know, we're really just meshing and we can't get enough of each other is what it seems like at this point. So you're just uh, following me around everywhere. I think <laughs> is what's happening, but the, the, it's, it's all for the chemistry, baby. It's all for hundred percent chemistry. It is all for the chemistry. So I'm, I'm excited for that. We're excited to be doing stuff like that. But Scott, let's finally dive into week one. There's some great slate of, there's a great slate of games going on this week. Let's start off with the Thursday night game. Um, obviously, the reigning champs are going to be at home. They're going to be facing the Cowboys, who just lost Zach Martin this week due to COVID protocols. What are you feeling about this game? Who do you have in the pick? And, and what are some of your thoughts? Well, I'm just looking forward to football being back, especially the NFL being back on uh, this Thursday. But my only thought about this game, I have I have the spread for each game, so I'll go ahead and, and spill that on each game that we that we talk about. But it's currently at minus eight for the Bucks, and I'm just gonna say, give me the Bucks by a million. I just feel like this is like a, the classic cowboy letdown, accompanied by the classic Brady beatdown. Obviously, the news about Zach Martin does not help. Any, any more than it uh, than I already felt like the matchup was bad for the Cowboys. I feel like um, this is just the type of game that Brady wins and the Cowboys usually lose. And it, everyone's just going to be right back jumping on that, that Bucks bandwagon of a repeat. So uh, whether I believe that or not, I don't know, but I, I think it'll be a, a pretty big beatdown personally. Yeah, I, I think it will be a, a decent game. You know, the Cowboys offense is supposed to be high powered, but their defense is never good. And the Buccaneers have an amazing defense that can slow down that high-powered offense. Uh, one thing that that concerns me outside of the Zach Martin uh, COVID protocol issue um, is that Dak Prescott has also been battling a shoulder injury. 
And, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of tough when you're starting QB who you're paying a lot and who you're going to rely a lot on is, is having injuries and, you know, may not be fully 100% that week one. So I agree with you. I'm going Buccaneers. I think we're both slated on that game and we can just move on to the next game, which is, is the first Sunday morning game. And that's the Eagles Falcons. We don't have to spend a ton of time on some of these games, but, but this game, I, I all started out. I think I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, kind of a shocker pick. I think a lot of people think the Eagles are going to be one of the worst teams in the league, and I don't think they're going to be great by any means, but I think Jalen Hurts has has great potential. The Falcons don't really have an awesome defense, so it will kind of be a shootout, which will be great to see, but I think the Eagles come out on top in this one. You say it's a shocker pick, but I'm going with the Eagles too, so oh, I mean, wow. I guess we're both shocking the world. Atlanta's currently favored three and a half. I don't, I don't know if I think you said, I think the Eagles will be one of the worst teams. I don't know if Atlanta will be any better than them. But what I'm looking forward to is Kyle Pitt's debut. Fortunately, we get to see a little bit more of him. And just, you know, it's two teams that are as unpredictable as I've ever seen. Like, both of these teams, I have no idea what to expect. All I know about these te- just two tortured fan bases. So, fortunately, hopefully we don't get a tie. We at least one team gets to, like, rejoice in, a, in being – one and oh to start the season that's that's what i'm excited about for that game <laughs> i love it yeah hopefully we do get a win and not just a tie let's let's move on to the se- or third game here scott steelers versus bills who do you have in that one so bills are favored by six and a half points i'm taking the bills i think this will actually be closer than people expect maybe i'm maybe just from what i've seen at least i think people expect the bills to just blow them out of the water because they're one of the the favorites in the afc this year I just can't wait to see the quarterback match for the century. We've been waiting for Trubisky versus, versus Haskins. I mean, week one, that's what it's all about is the big time QBs, you know. And what, what I really do think is what will, what will make the game close is the Steelers O-line maybe being a little bit more improved than somebody most people expect. We're still kind of a suspect Bills defensive line. I, I still have a lot of questions about their line and their front seven. And so if Najee Harris can maybe get loose a few times, I think that the Steelers can keep the game closer than, than most expect. Yeah, I, I agree. You make a ton of great points. You know, uh, I, I have the bills as well. One thing that I thought was interesting is that the bills kind of came out and said, they don't really care who's at running back, whether it's Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. They're just going to throw whoever out there because they're going to be passing so much. They're going to rely on Josh Allen so much. And the Steelers defense is super awesome. But, you know, after so long, Ben Roethlisberger can only carry that offense so far. So I I have the Bills just because of the offensive firepower that they can bring here in this week. Uh, in, In our next matchup, we have the Vikings versus Bengals. Obviously, two stellar teams from last year, you know, super high-powered teams. Uh, Vikings, you know, are, are a little bit interesting. You, you know, there's there's going to be a couple. Are of, they? I, I think there's a couple <laughs> of sneaky teams from, from the NFC, and I could see the Vikings maybe making a playoff push, maybe not being one of those last teams into the playoffs, you know, fighting for that wild card. And that's just mostly because of the defense. Uh, I don't see them as being a super great team, and I don't see the Bengals really improving a whole lot from last year. They do have a little bit better offensive line, but I don't see them improving a whole lot. So I have the Vikings in this in this week one matchup. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to be able to control the ball with Dalvin Cook being back, and Joe Burrow's coming off the injury. 
you know, it, it's going to be a little bit of a, a it, it's going to be a decent game, but I still have the Vikings going in that one. You hit on pretty much every point I was going to make about it. I, I still worry about Burrow recovery. Um, I also really worry about that Bengals defense not providing enough resistance, especially against the run for the Vikings. These are two teams that I feel like they both like they both brought in a, a couple of impact rookies. I think that the Vikings will get help from Darisaw on the line and that obviously Jamar Chase will hopefully kind of get it going for the Bengals. At the same time, I don't know what to expect from them either at all. And week one, you can't really learn a ton or make too many assumptions, but I feel like this this game could really go either way. You went you went Vikings, so I'm going to go Bengals, um, just so we can at least have some some difference of opinions here because it's getting it's getting too chummy up in here, Hank. <laughs> getting too chummy. It is. We're getting a little too close. Did you did you have the spread on that game and what the spread is currently at? The spread's currently at three points favored for the Vikings. Wow, three yeah. points straight up, huh? Yeah. yeah. Wow, interesting. That that's pretty exciting. Uh, well, let's move on to the fifth game of the week. This is you're you're repping the Niners gear right now as we as we speak. So it's the Niners versus Lions in Detroit. How do you feel about this game? You're our NFC uh, West expert. Oh yeah, so, as always. So give it give it to us. How do you feel about this game? I've been studying all year these NFC West matchups, and you know I'm just I'm not going to overthink this one. I, I'm probably going to jinx my team, but there's just no, there's, there's no way they can lose to the Lions week one. They probably will now that I'm saying it, because sh- I'm sure my comments control their destiny. But I'm just praying for no kneecaps bitten off like Dan Campbell wants for the Lions, you know, and I just no injuries like last year. The 49ers are favored by seven and a half, and I'm, I'm taking the 49ers. By seven and a half. Wow, that's I thought it was going to be a lot higher in all honesty. I. I like the Lions probably a little bit more than everyone else on the face of the planet. Uh, I just almost as much as Jared Goff's mom. That's about it. Almost as much as Jared Goff's mom. I think they'll be lucky if they're a five and 12 team, but I feel like most people don't have them that high. Uh, I think their O-line's good. Jared Goff will be able to sit back there and kind of do his thing, which isn't really super great, but he'll be able to do his thing. And so really have to do some things. He'll be able to do one or two things, but I have the 49ers here too. It's just too easy. I see Jimmy Garoppolo coming in and and getting him off to a hot start by handing off the ball and letting Trey Lance come in in the fourth quarter and and get some reps in, which is exactly what the 49ers want here in the first few weeks. It's true. Need to see that. Five touchdowns from Jimmy G, five from Trey Lance. Book it. (laughs) Book it. You heard it here first, people. Yeah, yeah. The next game is also an NFC East team, Scott. And, and as our resident expert, I want to hear your opinions on this Cardinals, Cardinals versus Titans. Whoa, what a what a world word slip up there. Cardinals <laughs> versus Titans. Uh, I am still, yeah, I guess I'm still the NFC West expert for this one too, even though it feels like this. I, I this is my, actually my game of the week. I'm this is definitely the one I'm most excited about. The Cardinals are favored by by three points surprise oh no no. the Tennessee's favored by three points my bad surprisingly but I'm going with the Cardinals I think this should be the most points of any game this week probably the one I'm looking forward to most seeing the most fireworks Kyler Murray Ryan Tannehill (laughs) obviously classic matchup of the Titans but I mean I feel like 
we're finally going to get to see this dynamic offense that everyone's been excited about for the Titans with Julio, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. So much to look forward to. I still just feel like the uh, the Titans pass rush isn't going to be enough to contain scrambling Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is – I'm projecting – and I, I see this fantasy-wise, at least, for one thing. I'm projecting a, a, an MVP-like season for Kyler Murray this year. Wow, that, those are high expectations for Skyler. I, I like it. I, what do I, you I need to- it if I'm going to make my money back, fantasy <laughs> So I'm just putting it in the universe. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. What yeah. do you have the over-under on this game at? 100 oh, points? Man. Do you think this could be over 100 points? Maybe if it goes uh, five overtimes, maybe. I'd, say I'd put it at a cool 69 points, probably. What? 40 nice. to 40 to uh, 35 to 35. This is going to be the final score. Tie. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I, I see this game as, you know, the Cardinals have some older defensive players. The Titans don't really have many great defensive players like you alluded to earlier. I, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. You also said this as well. I have the Titans in this one. And there that's just because of Derrick Henry's running game. Um, yes, the, all the talk has been on AJ Brown and Julio Jones, but Derrick Henry is still the the centerpiece to that offense. And, and so I see it being a little bit higher score. I think it's like 49 to 42. They're going to, Oh, wow. That high. I I think there's no defense played in this game. And that's why, that's why I think you like this game is it's a high power offense game. So that's awesome. It absolutely is. Of course, because we both think that it's going to be like 12 to six, just a freaking eight field goal game. Like it's going to be so bad, unfortunately, but on paper, this game is just probably going to be so much better than it actually turns out. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. It is probably going to end up being some sort of soft just game for us. Poop yeah. <clears throat> we're, I guess we're hitting them back to back to back. We have another NFC West team. Uh, the Seahawks are going to Indianapolis to face the Colts. Uh, I'll start this one off, Scott. I know you've gone two in a row. I'll, I'll hit this one up. I have the Seahawks winning um Russell Wilson the first eight weeks of the season will probably be an MVP candidate and then completely fall off the sky uh, he'll fall he'll fall off the face <laughs> of the earth and and uh the Colts you know have had some injuries and some COVID-19 stuff going on so I don't think they'll be at full capacity yet so Russell Wilson the first week will have a MVP like game and then pretty soon he'll be falling off the face of the earth uh so what would you say the spread is if you had to just wager a guess here um five and a half you're close it's it's two and a half for the seahawks actually oh really Um, yeah which is less than i expected honestly but i think it's just because the seahawks usually they they start out the year hot but for some reason whenever i watch them they always start week one really slow and with a great run game in indianapolis i I know i you're you're getting I, i may be the expert here the nfc west but i'm i'm without or with bias for sure here i i'm gonna go ahead and take the colts i love jonathan taylor i think what he can do will be astronomical for this this colts offense this year and i don't think seattle's defense will provide the resistance they need so i i like the colts winning at home this week um despite carson wentz being erratic and someone i don't want to put any faith in so i'll I'll (laughs) go ahead and take the colts 
I love it. Like you did say, the the Seahawks defense, you know, their front line's okay, but and, and they have Bobby Wagner, but their secondary really is not very good. So it will be it'll be exciting to see if Carson Wentz can pick that secondary apart. We'll see if he's back in the Frank Reich system. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, baby. Uh, this is a this is a game I'm excited about. It's not my my game of the week or my game to watch this week. Um, but this is a Chargers versus football team. I love <laughs> I love both of these teams. You know, I like how young these teams are. Some of the players on this these teams. But you start us off here, Scott. Tell us who you've got. Tell us some of your inside analysis on this. So Chargers are favored by one currently, and, I, and I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the football team's going to get stops. I just don't think they'll score enough to keep up with the Chargers as well. I, I, I could see the Chargers offense being have, scoring the most points of any team this year. That might not be – that's probably a, an outlandish statement after they brought in um, the Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, as their head coach. I think they'll definitely place more emphasis on, on um, controlling the ball and such. But they just have so many weapons on offense, and I, I think if Herbert – continues to progress as he did and maybe avoid that sophomore slump I, I think the Chargers will be one of the most exciting teams week to week now that they're out of the Anthony Lynn just cloud that the rain cloud has departed <laughs> I love it and and something that you may not have even mentioned there is the Chargers are getting a lot of players back on their defensive side from injury totally That's totally that's going to be huge for their whole season. You said they might be one of the top teams in scoring and, and points for there. But I have the football team in this one. Oh. I, I have the front seven slowing down Herbert and Ryan Fitzmagic going out and doing his thing, winning week one, distributing slinging the ball it. and slinging it around. I'm, I'm excited for Fitzmagic and what he has to bring to the football team. And I'm, I'm excited for a lot of the weapons on the football team. I love Terry McLaurin, our guy, Scary Terry, Curtis Samuels there now. It's like a, a whole Ohio State reunions going on at, at, at the football team, and I love it. I love it. It is. So. That's, that's just gross. No wonder why you're just riding with football team. It all makes <laughs> sense. It, they're my NFC East pick this year, but I, I don't know. I, I love them. I love their defense, and I love a lot of their offensive weapons, so I'm excited for them. Uh, another one of these early morning matchups on Sunday, Jets versus Panthers. Uh, do you have any insight on this game? What do you have to say about this game? A lot riding on this game, honestly. Carolina currently favored five points. I've got the Panthers. I think Zach Wilson balls out week one. I'm hoping for it at least. Um, but I think it's Sam Darnold revenge game. I think Sam Darnold is going to actually have a good game. I see Darnold like playing well against his former team. Believe it or not, you're giving me a look of absolute, just a ghastly look. You, you look at me, you're looking at me like I got more body parts than I should. I, I thought just think, I would never hear those words come out of your mouth. I, I'm not as much of a Darnold hater as, as you may believe, but I also am just more of a believer in when Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he's without a doubt the best back in the league and they get him healthy for week one and he's going to do major damage awesome i love it i have the panthers too the jets have struggled with some injuries this offseason already before before the season's even fully started um you know they they have some some injuries and they're going against sam darnold like you said but one thing i have to say is i have i have the panthers as a wild card team this year 
I think their defense is young. Um, they're stingy, though. Brian Burns could be a defensive player of the year candidate, in my opinion. Uh, Jeremy Chin's a great young safety. They have J.C. Horn, who may not even be the best corner in this draft, but is still amazing. Uh, so I like the Panthers as a wild card team this year. And so I'm going with the Panthers week one as well. I, I, I'm bigger on Sam Darnold than most other people are, which is weird because I watched him play against the Patriots more times than most other people. And he, he never really did anything. But I think given the chance with McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and some of these other weapons here in, in Carolina, along with a, a coach in Matt Rule who's willing to take risks, I love it. I love the fit, and I, I'm riding the Panthers this year. So I've got the Panthers week one versus the Jets. Okay, maybe we should have been hearing your your playoff picture here while you're thinking it's going to happen before the season. <laughs> should have been doing those predictions. Maybe we'll get to those sometime, but okay. right now we're just going week to week. And, and, okay. and on our next one, our next game, the final morning game that we're going to talk about, we don't have to spend much time because it's against the bottom feeders. Jag Jacksonville Let's not talk Jaguars. about it at all, honestly. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars going to Houston. I have Jacksonville. Houston's going to be lucky to get one in, one win this year unless Deshaun Watson somehow comes back. So Jacksonville all the way. Yeah, this is the the absolute stinker of the week um, amidst a, a couple of stinker games. It's uh, it's unwatchable even with Trevor Lawrence's debut happening. So I've got the Jaguars too. I it's gonna it's gonna take a lot in me to to pick Houston any of these weeks. Oh yeah, I I agree, and and we'll talk more about the Jaguars in other weeks, I'm sure, because there will be better matchups. But this one we'll we'll put off our Trevor Lawrence and and others talk there. Let's yeah. move on to the afternoon slate. This the slate starts with such a great game. You know, it starts with the Browns versus Chiefs. I'm sure this is on everybody's must-watch list. Uh, how do you feel about this game? This, this is obviously Andy Reid in September, but how do you feel about this game, Scooter? Well, obviously the rematch of last year's pretty great. I um, can't remember if it was the divisional round or not of the playoffs. Um, I the, the, the Chad Henney coming out game, honestly. Maybe we see a little bit of Chad Henney this week if, if, it, if it comes to it in case Mahomes isn't playing very well. The Chiefs are currently favored by six points. I'm intrigued by a couple of questions. How does the the new look Browns defense match up with Kansas City? Number one, I mean, probably a team, a unit that's gotten more hype for their for their acquisitions in the offseason with um, John Johnson coming in at safety. They, they picked up Tr Greg Newsome in the draft. They also picked up Jadavian Clowney um, coming off the edge. So that, that is something I'm really looking forward to seeing, whether or not they live up to the hype. And also, how will that Chiefs offensive line that's had to make a ton of different changes um, throughout, this off, uh, throughout the offseason, how will that hold up against the new and improved pass rush? I, those are questions I wish I had for their answers for for the listeners. I don't. I'm just really looking forward to seeing probably the, the two favorites, I would say, of the AFC outside of, outside of Buffalo. So... I, I have the Chiefs in this game, but definitely, yeah, the headliner of the week for sure. And, yeah, that's it for me. I love it. You touched on the Browns' defense. Uh, and, like you said, that John Johnson acquisition really solidified their secondary. But it does still feel like their linebacker's corpse is is just missing some people. So, I, I feel uh, like – Put some respect on Sione Taki Taki, man. <laughs> Come on. I, I feel like if there's anybody that's going to take a, a hold of this game, it's Travis Kelsey. 
Um, but what I'm, what I'm really most intrigued to see is how Baker Mayfield does against this Chiefs defense. Baker's gotten a lot of hype multiple seasons in a row. This is another season where he's getting some decent hype. This could be his year. You know, he's got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in the backfield. And then he has OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, and many others along this, along as weapons uh, with this awesome offensive line. So how will Baker fare when it comes to playing against Patrick Mahomes and trying to keep up with Patrick Mahomes? That's what I'm excited to see. I still think the Chiefs win. I think Patrick Mahomes can do what, whatever he needs to win here. Uh, Andy Reid in September, I will never bet against Andy Reid in September. So, so that's why I'm going with the Chiefs. What, is, uh, what does Baker Mayfield need to do this game for you to, to turn to jump on the Baker bandwagon? Man, what does is, what is a guy got to do? Not turn it over against the Chiefs. That's, <laughs> if, that's all he needs this week. If Baker can do it against the Chiefs, I'll, I'll start jumping on a little bit more. But if he turns oh, it over against the Chiefs. Your, they're putting your foot in the water. You're not, you're not diving in yet. I, oh, no. Against the Chiefs defense, I'm not diving in. But I'll be like, okay. hey, at least he had a turnover free week. He, he didn't make some dumb mistakes against a not-so-great defense. What, so that, what will he have to say when he comes out slinging for 300 yards, three touchdowns? I, I hope he does. I really hope he does, but I he, just don't you don't you don't hope it. You don't hope it. And he probably won't because Nick Chubb is probably gonna walk in with the ball to the Arrowhead Stadium and leave with the ball. So like there's 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 not probably a game plan for them outside of like controlling as much of the clock as they can. Exactly. That's and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, Baker, it, it will be a big game for him if he can just control the ball, if he can get up to the line and do what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady do best, and that's read the line of scrimmage and make adjustments. I'll be excited for that, and I'll start looking at Baker a little bit more. Wow. Words I thought I'd never never heard it hear expressed. <laughs> Words you thought you would never hear. Well, yeah. on, let, let's move on to my game of the week. Uh, this is AFC expert here. Uh, AFC East expert, actually, Dolphins <laughs> versus Patriots, Tua versus Mac Jones, Brian, Brian yeah. Flores against Bill Belichick. It's it's all leading up to perfection here. Uh, I obviously have the Patriots in this game. I, I've got to back them. The Patriots defense has gotten a lot of players back from, from last year that weren't able to play last year. Uh, their offense, Their offensive line is great. They're going to be able to run the ball and try to control the game. And I'm excited, actually, to see what Tua does in his first game without having Ryan Fitzmagic as his backup, where Ryan Fitzmagic can be that, you know, training wheel that can help Tua. How will Tua fare this season just by being the quarterback himself? I feel like I was, I was playing left-handed football with my uh, cousin out back this last weekend, and I think I throw a better spiral within 10 yards with my left hand than Tua does, but I'm, I'm excited oh, to see what he does. Oh, a ricochet shot. <laughs> ricochet shot at Tua man it, down it's a big season for Tua you know the Dolphins are potential playoff team and potential even you know AFC uh, championship team just based off their defense and and what kind of weapons they have on offense so it's a big year for Tua yeah and so you're you're gonna be out on Tua maybe year two possibly but gives you're giving Sam Darnold just he's got till year what Seven. <laughs> You're four. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All right. I've got the, uh, I've got the dolphins actually the Patriots uh -huh. are favored by three points, which is actually really surprising to me. 
I, I, I think the Patriots will be playoff contenders, but I also feel like the Dolphins, like you said, you touched on there, they're a projected playoff team. And the Patriots have, I mean, I like Mac Jones, um, still a rookie QB coming in. This is his week one as well. And he, he might be a lot more NFL ready than, than many other prospects have in the past. But I feel like the Dolphins are, they've got a ton of talent. If you want to talk weapons, they've got so many new weapons. Jalen Waddle being one of them that's really exciting to watch. So the, the problem with the Dolphins, I think this year is going to be their run game. They need to be able to establish that to, to take some of the load off of Tua. I don't know if Miles Gaskin, their running back, is going to be able to do that, especially this week. Um, but I, but I like the dolphins. I think their I think their defense will, will be able to, to maybe get some turnovers off Mac Jones. And that's the hope for the dolphins is can they take, take advantage of this rookie quarterback starting here and, and their, their defense is like one of the top three defenses in the league. In my opinion, they are so great in the secondary. Uh, it's just, they amazing. get takeaway takeaways for days, man. They, they force havoc all over the place. They do. And Brian Flores is honestly one of the best young coaches, in my opinion. He's he's awesome. He gets a lot out of his players. Uh, it's just all kind of riding on Tua. What can Tua do for this Dolphins team? Can he I'm elevate them or will he drag them down is, is my question. I'm with you. Awesome. Well, let's move on to another one of these afternoon games. Uh, this is the Packers versus Saints. This is actually going to be in Jacksonville because of what recently happened in New Orleans. Uh, who do you have in this game? What are some of your thoughts of the return of Aaron Rodgers? So you mean the return of Jameis Winston as well? Is that also <laughs> what you're hinting at or what, what's the deal there? The Packers are favored by four points. Um, with that being said, it's Jameis and it's Aaron Rodgers and it's only four points, which makes literally no sense to me at all. And it's not even being played in, in New Orleans. So I don't really know. I mean, I, I feel like we should maybe be giving more points to the Packers here. I, I think the game plan for the Saints is you need to control the ball and play good defense pretty much every single game all year long. Is that possible with Jameis Winston? I don't know. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch how many games he gets before they turn to maybe Taysom Hill. Uh, it's just this, the Saints team, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. We said from the beginning, they need to go sign Randy Moss. They need to go sign Terrell Owens. They need to go sign all these guys, Chad Ochocinco. They haven't done it. They need to get Jameis some weapons in there. Their wide receiver one, Michael Thomas is, is going to be gone for at least, a, at least what, six weeks. Yeah. I, and this, this matchup specifically, Kamara has to have a, a huge game for the Saints if they win, but I'm taking the Packers. I, I think they're they're going to be really good again. Um, and I think their defense will be improved too, which will make it tough for Jameis, unfortunately. Nice. That's that's a good pick. I'm actually going to go with the Saints. And for some reasons that I, I believe make the Saints a week one contender, I don't think they're going to actually be in the playoffs. But in this week one matchup against a really great team, they have Sean Payton, who's an amazing coach. They have a, a defense that I feel like is underrated in my personal opinion. They have a pretty stingy defense. Uh, I know they may have lost some guys this, this last year, but I still think they're a stingy defense and Sean Payton will get the most out of both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going against Aaron Rodgers, who, who really kind of made me upset that he held out for so long of the offseason, and I'm hoping it comes back to bite him week one. So I'm going with the Saints in this one. Okay. 
All righty. I mean, I, I, I think that one is, is probably the Packers to lose for sure. But with Jameis Winston at quarterback, man, you never know what will happen. It's just, it's going to be magical to watch if, at least a few, at least a few games, however many he gets. I'm, I'm hoping for a 6,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 50 turnover season for Jameis Winston. That is 100% doable. 100% doable. <laughs> I could see it happening. Well, yeah. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, Broncos versus Giants. Who do you have in this one? The Broncos are favored two and a half points. This is another kind of stinker to me. Sorry, uh, sorry, Big Black, um, friend of the podcast. I mean, this this one, I don't have many things to look for. I, mean, I am very high on the Broncos, Broncos defense this year. Um, I just don't think Saquon isn't isn't going to be healthy enough to, to take advantage week one. I still have some worries about him. So I'm, I'm going Denver. Right in the Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, dual threat QB train. I love it. I'm going Denver too, just for what you mentioned, their defense. I don't trust the Giants defense or offense enough to even bet on them in this week one game. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Sunday night game and then we'll finish up with the Monday night game. Sunday night, another NFC West team. We'll turn to our expert analysis here by Scott Gill. Bears versus Rams in LA. How do you feel about this game? Rams favored by seven and a half. I believe that's the highest line of any along with the 49ers. Nope. The Bucks were favored by eight. Sorry. I misspoke, but yeah, seven and a half. And you know what? I think sadly I would take the Rams, even though that's a ton, that's a ton of points. I would take the Rams plus the points. So, and, and Andy Dalton is the sole reason. I think this is going to be the biggest blowout of the week, unfortunately for the red rifle. I think we're going to have just six days of Twitter following of people. Just there's going to be petitions for Justin Fields to get on the field next week. It's going to be riots in the streets. If Andy Dalton plays the whole game, I, I and, and also another hot take of mine. I think the Rams are going to become every team. Everybody's like super hot, like hot take Super Bowl contender because of this game. They're going to look really good with Stafford. They're going to, they're going to still get the running game going. Um, I, I think they just absolutely torched the Bears and just another sad night for Bears fans. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think the Rams are going to win. I, and I think a lot of people have the Rams winning the NFC West, which is a huge feat if you can beat out the 49ers and the Seahawks. It's obviously one of the best uh, divisions in football this year. But like you said, Stafford knows the Bears. He's played the Bears a million times in his career being with Detroit up until this year. Uh, and then one, one thing I have to say about the Rams, though, uh, I, I love their defense. They have some really great key players that you can see. But then, you know, who's, the, who's going to be the star corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey? So, you know, how, how is the corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey or in the slot uh, uh, going to play for the Rams? How are some of these not star players going to play for the Rams defense? And I think from the Bears, who Andy Dalton's a veteran, you know, he's not amazing. But with some of these inexperienced guys, he could take some of that away from them. So I still have the Rams winning it, but I'm excited to see what the Rams do on defense outside of the stars that we're, we normally talk about for the Rams. Totally. I, I, I'm right on there with you. I think they're, they're really high. They've got really high-end players, but the depth um, might not be there as much for them throughout the season. And they really need to stay healthy throughout the year. They really do. And speaking of health, let's move on to, to week 16. 
or uh, week 16. Uh, game number 16, <laughs> Ravens versus Wow, Raiders. Don't, don't scare me like that, Hank. We're That's already terrifying. jumping. That's terrifying. We're jumping. We're jumping to the, one of the last weeks of the season. Our Monday night game, Ravens versus Raiders in Oakland. Uh, Ravens obviously have had some injuries here recently. Uh, J.K. Dobbins going down. And then the other uh, backup running back, Justice Hill going down. Um, this last week as well. So the Ravens have some injuries at running back and they're trying to figure that all out. Um, but the Raiders are, are the Raiders. You know, I think Derek Carr is, is a player that I really like and probably value a little bit higher than most other people. I think he gets a lot of points, especially in a John Gruden team. Um, but the defense of the Raiders is still just so pitiful to me. I, I have the Ravens winning it. Lamar Jackson is, is still an amazing player, no matter who's at running back. And, and I'm hoping Marquise Brown has a breakout year this year. One of the wide receivers has a breakout year, and, and Lamar has a, a number one wide receiver. I'm going to go Ravens, too. They're favored by four and a half points. I, I'm not really sure what to make of the Raiders this year. I don't really know what they were doing all offseason. They just decided to give all of their offensive line away last year like it was a fire sale for some reason I don't really know why and I don't think it'll really pay off but I could be wrong I've been wrong many a time before I just don't really know what to make of them at all or what what their ceiling even is like are they able to make it to the playoffs I mean probably not in this really tough division in the AFC West but that's the thing it's it's a really tough AFC West Derek Carr is going to have to play out of his mind. I mean, Alex Leatherwood was their big key acquisition on the offensive line, but they gave away Rodney Hudson, who's their starting, who's been their starting center for ages now, and 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 plenty of the offensive line, like you said. So I don't know. It will be interesting. I I think a lot of it will come back to the offense since the defense still isn't very good. So I I don't know. I don't see them as a playoff team myself personally. Yeah, I I you won't catch me watching many many a John Gruden's game on on the uh on the telly this year unfortunately unless <laughs> maybe they step it up we'll see you, you never know maybe Marcus Mariota comes in and makes a makes a huge splash you never know oh uh but that was a, that was our week roundup there Scott before we go to break we're gonna start a new segment here Scott's statistical corner Scott is that what we're calling it is that the official official branded name I don't know if it's official yet, but we'll see if it sticks. I'm, that's what I kind of went with. We'll see if it sticks. We'll see we how got, it goes. We got some alliteration there going uh, uh, over the, uh, the Scott's analytical corner. So I, I'm with you there. I, I don't know what we want to name it, but I'm grateful for you giving me some time to impart of the, the little wisdom that I do have. I, uh, I hope the listeners will enjoy this segment as we go throughout it week to week and maybe send in some requests of what you want me to look into or dive into within the NFL this week, just really quickly. I wanted to touch on um, a tweet that kind of blew up on NFL Twitter this, this, uh, this past week. It's from Mitchell Schwartz, a guy uh, I know you like a lot. I'm not sure if he has a team right now. Does he? He's currently a free agent, former chiefs, former chiefs offensive lineman. I can look into that real quick. I can't remember if he did get signed at all or not. He probably doesn't have a team. That's why he's tweeting right now. But he, um, he, he said he shared some, some of his thoughts on Twitter about what makes a quarterback special. And it, essentially, I'll, I'll sum it up by saying um, 
everything that comes down to like how you evaluate quarterback is how they do on third and long and beyond. Um, and he basically said like, it doesn't matter so much. Like any, any QB, if not all QBs can be pretty good on first and second down and, or when the offense is in like control of the game, just by making the easy plays, the short passes, the play action throws, but when the offense isn't long and it's third and eight and the pass rushes on you, can you, can you hit the route you need to, and can you do it consistently enough? And so I was like, all right, let's, let's look into that. Let's look into what Mitchell Schwartz thinks. And I wanted to hear maybe some, like, do you, do you agree with that? Do you, are you kind of on the same page there? Cause I, I know I for sure was before diving into things. So what, what were your thoughts about it? My thoughts are whether it's third and one or third and eight, uh, or third and 15, I think that's where a quarterback actually makes their money. Um, what it comes down to for me, I'm, I mean, you you have the statistics here, so we'll see how the statistics play out. But for me, uh, it's the quarterback gets to the line, they make adjustments. If it's third and one, they can make an adjustment to run the ball or pass the ball. Or, you know, the quarterback needs to be able to get to the line on third down and make adjustments. And for me, that's where a lot of QBs actually make their money. Totally. I am right on there with you. Um, I'll share a little bit of what I found for my research. Go. So basically what I decided to plot was I, I wanted to see what are, what is each quarterback from last year's conversion rate on, on plays that were third down and longer than six um, combined with the formula I've used in the past of, of what their EPA per play is. Um, on those plays or what their performance basically is, how many points they, they add to their team based on their performance on those plays. The number one conversion rate quarterback was Taysom Hill. <laughs> so, be it on a small sample size, the number two was Nick Mullins. Nice. <laughs> the number three was Aaron Rodgers. So you start to kind of kind of get your bearings again josh allen was there patrick mahomes is there um philip rivers was there for 2020 as well when i looked at that drew Brees. um the the epa per play was definitely a better way to look at it than just the pure conversion rate um but i did i i was actually really shocked by my findings just that like the that the it's not so much you can't just say like whoever is the best at converting on these plays um, are the ones who are going to be able to like lead your team to more wins or be able to be the franchise quarterbacks you find out. And, and what I want to kind of key on in on throughout these segments for the rest of the year that we do is, is helping listeners understand that it's not just pit cherry picking the statistics you like about your, your players, but it's, you have to combine context with it. And you always will with numbers because you can let numbers tell whatever story you want in the long run. So Taysom Hill, unfortunately for the listeners out there, he's probably not the best quarterback on third down and six. It's not what the numbers are saying. Um, combined with the eye test, we, we can learn a lot though about what certain strengths quarterbacks have. So I thought it was interesting and, and I came away enlightened about that theory about quarterbacks that, that they should do well on third down, but that's not, that's not what defines a quarterback completely. Exactly. And I have a question for you, Scott, since, since you were the one that did this analysis, was there a minimum number of attempts that attempts that were taken or could like Trace McSorley have one attempt and be 100% efficient at this? So I, I 
accounted for only players who had at least 25 snaps of those. So they had to have at least 25 instances of a third down and longer play. So wow. I think that the person with the, the lowest amount of those was like Mike Glennon or something like that from the Jaguars. And his, his conversion rate, believe it or not, was bad. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it matched up outside of a few outliers, like the Nick Mullins and Dwayne Haskins and Taysom Hill finding themselves in the higher conversion rate. It matched up pretty well along the spectrum. Um, and, and if people are interested, you can reach out to me and I'll share my, share my graphic on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. Yeah, maybe we should share that on Twitter. That would be awesome to see. I, I would like to see that for sure. But thanks for doing that, Scott. I really like that. I really liked actually diving in and, and having some statistical analysis behind it rather than just me being able to look at a QB and be like, oh, okay, I like that. Yeah, sure. Both are important, man. Both are the eye test. Very important. I love it. I love it. And, and I'm excited for more to come this season with that. But uh, let's take a quick break here, Scott. Um, once we come back from our break, we'll talk about uh, DraftKings and, and some lineups we have. We might even talk about like our fantasy draft that we did for the podcast. And uh, then we'll see where we go from there. But we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Scott, as always, I don't know if it's it's always been a thing, but we've started doing this thing where we make DraftKings lineups and give them to our listeners. Um, it's been fun for us. You know, we can see across the board who we have in DraftKings, how bad we've actually done, and and how bad of gamblers we actually are for, you know, being like first time gamblers. So let's. Let's take a look at our DraftKings lineups. Uh, maybe we can just go back and forth. You know, you start with your QB and, uh, and then we'll go one by one or however you want to do it, we can go with that. But just, to, just as a recap for listeners, we get $50,000 um, for a lineup. And so that's what we're going to base this off of is that $50,000 and we're going to try to fit within that threshold there. Yeah, uh, I wonder if our listeners are going to fact check us on our math here. It's getting kind of rough out in these streets, but I do want to give out a, a little promo for them. Not that they need any help, but you can make free lineups on DraftKings if you want to follow along with us. There's plenty of different contests. You can play versus Jerome Bettis, Steelers legend, for $5,000, um, all sorts of things like that. So there are, uh, there are ways to follow along with us so we're not just totally speaking in, uh, in tongues. To all the listeners so i'll go ahead and start free plug. oh yeah free plug just find DraftKings to sponsor us you know it's just on a whim um, <laughs> I love it. my my qb and where i'm trying to trying to find some value at this week i'm gonna go with jalen hurts um oh i think someone has jalen hurts as well as me um sounds like it was a good pick then because jalen hurts is sitting at 6400 i love what jalen hurts is gonna do against the falcons defense this week it's probably maybe the cheapest he'll be if he does have a, a, a good year at this point. I thought that was a little bit low based on how he played at the end of last year. He, I think he's like, what, the 10th highest quarterback, which is kind of a steal, even though he's not close to the 10th best quarterback, but he gets so many fancy points running the ball as well. And I, I think he'll run for, for miles if he really wants to. So I've got Jalen Hurts at 6,400. Sorry all if right. I took all of your reasons for him. No, that's that's perfect. I have I have hurts as well as as many of you may have noticed. Uh, but lock hurts in, lock hurts in. 
he, he's the lock for this week. Get him <laughs> on your team. Uh, I, I have him just because of how poor the Atlanta Falcons defense was last year. It like rivaled the uh, Cowboys defense for me last year. So oh, that's really? why I had I had Hurts in all honesty. But all the other points that you said were on top of that. Totally. Me- oh yeah, you go you go next. We're going snake draft. Yeah, let me go RB one here. Okay. My fr- my first running back off the board. I took Mostert from the 49ers. Nice. Uh, he's at fifty eight hundred against a Detroit Lions team, which they might be up fourteen points and just never throw the ball after the fourteen points. So I went with Mostert. Very true. So I, I thought he was decent value. Yeah, he'll probably split some time with Trey Sermon and some of the other guys there. But I, I still like him, you know, getting one or two TDs there at that at that value. Yeah, Mostert's the big play guy, too, for the 49ers. So they'll, they'll rely on him heavily, especially as long as, as Garoppolo's starting, which he is for the week. So um, I went with – we talked a lot about him a little bit in our preview, but the, the man, the myth, Nick Chubb, we're going to go with Chubb for uh, for my RB1 because I think he will get so many carries this week. I think whether they're in the red zone or not, they're going to they're just going to pound the rock to him like he's freaking a mid 2000s running back like he's Sean Alexander. They're going to try to wear his knees out in this game alone if they want to win. So I, I'm going with Chubb at 7200. He's a little bit higher end, but um, still pretty good value there for Chubb. Nice. I love it. I, I think Chubb's awesome. Like you said, he's going to get a ton of touches, especially around the red zone. He'll get a ton of touches if they make it to the red zone. So that's a great pick. All right. So then am I going RB2? If that's the case, I'm going James Robinson, (laughs) 6,400. Did we have the same lineup? I have James Robinson RB2 as well. (laughs) All right. Well, you know what? We don't have to say much other than that he's playing the Texans defense and I don't, I don't see my, I, I think Trevor Lawrence, just they kind of ease him in this first week. Um, maybe let him loose. I don't know. Maybe I want to change that. Maybe they'll just be like Trevor Lawrence. Will, he's playing the Texans. Let him let him do what he does. No one's going to watch anyway. So I, that's, I, 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 for now, I have James Robinson. I have James Robinson as well, just because of what you said. He's playing the Texans. Even if they let Lawrence loose for three quarters and then just run James Robinson for a quarter. Texans won't be able to stop anything that's thrown their way. So uh, that's why I had him. All right. We'll snake around. I'll go wide receiver one. I have DeAndre Hopkins, 7,800. We talked about that Cardinals Titans game. Like I said, I I think it's going to be a super high scoring game. And I think uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets like four of the touchdowns in the game in all honesty. So I, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I love what, it, what he brings to that offense and, and the deep threat that he is. I like that. I'm, I'm fading myself in my, uh, my Titans Cardinals pick, realizing I have none of the players, even though I think there's going to be a ton of <laughs> points. So I'm just, I'm doubling down, I guess. Okay. You got to snake back. You got your, you got your second pick as well, I think, right? No, oh, I no cause you already went James Robinson. All yes, right. exactly. Okay. Exactly. I got lost in the snake there. All right, my wide receiver one is going to be Calvin Ridley. He's my wide receiver one for the entire year, honestly. I feel like he could have a Devontae Adams-like year as long as Matt Ryan plays well. Um, I think he'll, he's going to just just fly off the handle this year with uh, and get all the, the targets next to Pitts. Um, I really like Calvin Ridley all year long. My second one, he's at 7,900, by the way, so he's, he's definitely one of the top receivers, but um, – 
I think he's number three. And then Robbie Anderson, I'm going to go number two. Sneaky revenge game for Robbie Anderson as well versus the New York Jets. He and Sam Darnold, man, the chemistry, just I smell it in the air, man. It's going to be too good to be true. 5,700 for Robbie Anderson. I love that. I love that you picked Robbie Anderson, revenge game to the Jets. Uh, I, I love it. That's a great pick. I really do. <clears throat> my next pick, uh, my wide receiver two, is going to be LaVisca Chenault from the Jaguars. I'm doubling down on the Jaguars. Uh, I think what he's going to be able to do, like I said, maybe Trevor Lawrence airs it out for a couple of, of series in this game. And I like LaVisca Chenault's run after the catch potential. Uh, he, he's really great at run after the catch. He's gotten a lot of hype this offseason, I feel like, but, but he's my wide receiver too there. Okay, I like it. Who's you going with tight end? With tight end, I'm going to go Gerald Everett uh, from the Seahawks. Uh, he is 3,400, which is, which is kind of lower. I kind of undervalue tight ends, I think, especially in DraftKings. But I like Gerald Everett. He's, he's pretty dang good in the red zone. I think Russell Wilson will be targeting him a lot. Yeah, the Seahawks tight ends are like had sneaky bad throughout history. But I really like that Gerald Everett signing. And I feel like fantasy-wise, he'll be one of the guys to kind of watch out for just because he, he has a ton of athleticism. He looked great in the Rams offense um, in the past year or so. And his like 3600 that that comes at a, a premium honestly that's that's 3400 oh 3400 my bad. yeah man i was i was overvaluing gerald everett i don't know what i was thinking i like it i like the pick i'm gonna go with for my for my final wide receiver i've got debo samuel from the 49ers at 5900 he's gonna get a ton of those jet sweeps those nice little garoppolo completions that he just tosses right up right in front of him it's gonna be like 10 of those hopefully um and i i just like taking debo when he's actually healthy in the air so i don't know how long it'll be but i'll at least get him for week one even if it's a half of week one at least i'll get it you have him for one half i love it and then my next pick for tight end i'm gonna go with kyle pitts i'm very high on kyle pitts obviously i took him number one overall in the number two number 1.2 in the bonner draft um but I just feel like at 4,400, this might be the lowest we actually get to see him. So I think he's a good value in, the, in a potentially high-scoring game versus, versus the Eagles. I love that. You've been high on Pitts, and, and in that offense, especially with Julio Jones gone, he could get a ton of, of a catch share there. Uh, that's, that's an awesome pick, especially at 4,400. I didn't realize I missed wide receiver three for me, so oh. I'm going to snake back to wide receiver three. Okay. And then, and then go to my flex, who's also a wide receiver. Okay. Um, wide receiver three for me on the snake was Devonta Smith from the Eagles. Nice. So talking about this high scoring game, I think Devonta Smith has, has some decent potential at 4,500, just a little bit over pits, but you know, just such a high, high ceiling for a guy that won the Heisman and especially against a team that has almost no defense. So I'm excited for that. I'm teaming him up with Hertz, and that's kind of why I went with him there. Um, but then my my flex in this week is going to be Calvin Ridley, who you mentioned mentioned earlier. 
I'm kind of banging this game, hoping it's a really high scoring game and it's going to come out and bite me in the butt. I know it, but no, no, that's the way to do it. That's strategy. If you play DraftKings, you, you gotta be able to, uh, to pair up at least a quarterback. Um, a lot of people like to pair up a quarterback with that, that team's wide receiver. And then maybe on the other side of things, um, on the other team, you pair up a running back, um, that way, like just, they kind of counteract each other during the game. Um, and that's the best strategy to follow. And of course I didn't do that week one. So I, I could be in trouble. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. So I like you pairing up Smith with Hertz. That's a good call. Um, all right. So my flex. Oh, that does your two, right? Yeah. You got Ridley. That was my two. We're sneaking back to your flex and your defensive special teams. Here. I can't, I can't wrap my head around the snake right now, man. It's just, I'm all over the place. Um, all right, my flex, I'm going to go with Marcus Valdez-Scantling, the wide receiver from the Packers, 3,700. Valdez-Scantling's a guy, he's either going to get 20 points in the week, he's going to get zero points in the week. And I think this is one of the weeks that he gets 20 points. Um, just based on the matchup, I like him in week one. I, I, I feel like I can see it on my television right now, like a cut away from one of the games, and Valdez-Scantling's catching like a 70-yard bomb. I just feel like it it's meant to be happening. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to try to predict that he's not, not the guy that gets on uh, the, the underneath catches or anything like that. And then I am doubling down on my take earlier. I'm going with the Colts defense. One of my favorite defenses in the NFL this year, playing that Seahawks offense, um, taking advantage of uh, Russell Wilson, having a, maybe, maybe a rough start. I love it. I love it. MVS over the top against the Saints defense. You know, I, I did mention their defense earlier, but their corners are, are some of their weak spot is that uh, defensive back unit there. So that could be good if MVS could get over the top there. And the Colts defense, you've been riding them. I've been riding them. I think they're awesome and they're going to be one of the strengths of that team. So that's a good pick. They're For at 2300, by the way. So they're one of the cheaper defenses you can find in the entire league. And I think they're the one of the best defenses. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty dang great. I went, I, I think I just took players from two games is, is all I did. <laughs> it feels like, man. <clears throat> Way to do it, it. And it must just be because I thought, man, these are going to be high scoring games and this one team's going to score zero points. I took the Jaguars. Jaguars defense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It. So I went with the Jaguars defense thinking the Texans are going to score zero points this week. So, and, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the Jaguars are, are able to get Trevor Lawrence off to a hot start. That would be awesome for me. But that rounds out my team. $49,000. Oh, $49,900 is what I came in at. 100 to spare. I also have 100 to spare. I'm, we're leaving money on the table, man. Could come what? back to haunt us. Rookie do we, mistakes. Do we know who the Texans starting quarterback is? I feel like we're is it it's not Davis Mills, is it? It is Tyrod Taylor. He was officially announced as the right. starting QB just two days ago. So dude, I don't know. Maybe Tyrod does some sneaky things coming back from that uh punctured lung last year. He was the starter over Herbert for a few games last year. We'll see if he does come back, but I just I just can't feel any of the Texans team. I don't like any of the Texans offensive weapons defensive players so um, who are they running they've got david johnson phil Lindsay, and and mark ingram right i i think those are the three-headed running back that's that's the best three-headed running back core in 2015 <laughs> you could have come up with man they are they are gonna be they're gonna be turning back the, the clock man 
if this was 2015, they'd be Super Bowl Super Bowl favorites right now. But yeah, maybe I don't not think this year. I don't think Philip Lindsay was even drafted at that point yet. But he, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Texans offense, look out for him in 2015. Tyrod Taylor, all that stuff. You gotta love it. Check it out. Watch us on on DraftKings. Follow along if you want, and and maybe we'll even post our scores and how we did, and and see what we do there. But Scott, let's let's move off of DraftKings. We actually did a fantasy draft for our podcast here. Um, it was super fun. We did it on the Sleeper app, which we're giving a free plug again here for the Sleeper app. Um, it's it's honestly the best app I've ever used for uh, fantasy draft, and it's amazing. You can trade picks. Uh, there's so many statistics and so many things that you can look into and and really see about players. And so I like this sleeper app, but but let's give a little recap here and let's let's give maybe some of our favorite players that we got. I traded up to the number one pick. Um, I felt like I had to give away almost nothing to move up to the number one pick. And I took Christian McCaffrey, which I love Christian if he can stay healthy. And the kid who took my number one pick took Patrick Mahomes in the first round. So now I see why he wanted, why he gave me that first pick for nothing. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I traded up and got McCaffrey and I was super stoked about that. Yeah, you went against the, the book of Bill Belichick, which is to never trade up in the draft. And it turns out you got like way more out of it than, than your, uh, your trade partner even got. So, I mean... I think anyone would have done that trade in a heartbeat, but props to you. You got the best player in the draft. You still ended up with some great picks as well. We've got a great field and a group of people that I'm looking forward to playing with. We've got, we've got some of our, uh, some of our former guests on the show. Also some, some guests we hope to have on the show later on as well. That we'll kind of tease it's, it's shaping up. I have no idea what to expect ever with fantasy football. I ended up with Alvin Kamara, who I think could be maybe the best player just because he's he's pretty much the going to be the Saints offense for most of the year. But, you know, with fantasy football, you could have literally every single best player at each position still find a way to lose. So just 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 the way it works, man. It's it's uh, it's tough in the streets, tough in these fantasy streets. That's how it goes. And and I like that you tease that we might have some of these people on. I think it would be fun, you know, if if I get smashed down in, in a week or if you get smashed down in a week to have one of our opponents come on and talk about it or have some people come talk on and have smack. some insight of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, when, I think it will be Corey Gill, when Corey Gill puts up 200 points on me and I, I put up 10, we're, he's, he's <laughs> coming on immediately. We're phoning him in live. I love it. I love it. Some some after the draft stuff happened, I have a cousin who joined the league and he has done some dumb stuff. He's tried <laughs> me. He just I'm just throwing this out there. He's he's tried trading me Mac Jones um, for Joe Mixon. No, and, you traded you, you. You had Mac Jones. He had Joe Mixon. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I got mixed up there. I had Mac Jones, took him with the 15th pick. He took Joe Mixon with the, his third pick and tried trading me Joe Mixon and Dallas Goddard for Mac Jones and Kenyon Drake. I accepted it, then went, I felt so bad. I had to go back and trade back for Kenyon Drake. And, and I just took a 13th pick for Mac Jones, essentially, is what it was. Um, but the best part was, is you didn't even take Mac Jones in your draft. Actually, you took the the Chargers kicker. I'm looking here at the draft board. 
I think you picked up Mac Jones after. Or did you know? You never mind. You had that pick. Never mind. I had a second. 15th, I'm totally wrong. 15th round pick, and I picked up Mac Jones. It's on me. It's on me. Oh, yeah. I, I was smashing my him. He, I'm a Patriot homer. I've got to smash him. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, he Rudder, shout out Rudder, dude. He's just trying to hook his loved ones up. I You can't blame him, honestly. <laughs> you got to love it. He's going all in. Uh, so, so that's kind of our, our fantasy draft and, and we'll dive more into it and definitely try to have more people on the pod here as we get going throughout the year. But Scott, let's finish this podcast off with a bang. We have the big three this week and I'm super excited about this because I've been playing a lot of golf, uh, this year. So let's go big three of golf clubs. We like to use, um, I'll save my one. I think we both have the same one. I'm sure. So I'll start. I'll start bottom up, and I'll start with my number three. I like my sand wedge. Um, I know a lot of people take out their 60 degree once they get around the, the greens and everything, but I pull out my sand wedge, which is a 48 degree, and I usually chip with my sand wedge. So it, it's one of my favorite clubs in my bag. It's easily top three, so I had to go with it. I like the sand wedge too. I, I chip with that way more than a 60 degree, if, if the listeners care. I, it doesn't matter. I suck with both, but... I mean, I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take driver off the board just because I would have put driver as my big one, my big two, my big three, any of them. I'll, I'll, I'll take it as all of them. It's the whole reason I play golf. So my second pick though, I'm going to go with, with my, uh, with my pitching wedge. I feel like nothing feels better than just hitting a nice flush pitching wedge. Um, it happens about 3% of the time for me, but if I do, okay, when I do occasionally have a great drive and then I can then I can flush a pitching pitching wedge right where I want it. Nothing feels better. Nothing feels better at this point. I like that. I like that. I, you know, I was debating, I had a couple of honorable mentions. I had putter in there. I, I sunk like a 50 foot putt the other day and I've never made anything outside of like four feet. So I was like, Ooh, maybe I'll throw in the putter, but putter, it didn't wouldn't, make it. putter wouldn't make my big 15. Don't like <laughs> it. Don't like it enough. Butter would make Scott's big 15, but it's it's too it's too unforgiving. It is, it is. So I I I opted into an iron myself. I went with my seven iron. If I ever had to play a hole, I feel like my seven iron can hit from 110 yards up to like 200 yards. That's the thing I'm I trust most. So seven iron's my guy. Seven iron is just all reliable. Like you if you know, you know, I know I'm playing really bad when I can't hit that very well in a round. So usually I feel like I can, I can find my way around the courses pretty well with, with the seven iron. I, I went with kind of a strange pick maybe, but I, especially if you've played golf with me, you'll be like, why are you taking this? I'm going to go with my hybrid, my, uh, my four hybrid wood. And that's just because when I do hit it well, it is the most satisfying thing in the world to me. Just seeing that like low ball flight, and it kind of drawing in. Um, I like that I can kind of play it in a, in a lot of different areas of the course. Um, more often than not, it goes more left than it does towards where I'm actually aiming in the first place. But it does it does just feel great when you do when you do just flush a, a hybrid shot, whether it's off the fairway, whether it's off a a long part three, anything like that. So I, I it, since I had to take clubs other than a driver i'll stick with pitching wedge and hybrid for sure i love that yeah once you do hit something off that that low ball flight like you were saying i i can just picture it now just coming off and 
and seeing the flight path and it kind of rise up. It's beautiful. Some, sometimes the low ball flight is so low that it actually doesn't ever get off the ground. You know, it's, it's weird <laughs> when that happens, but sometimes, sometimes it's just such a good shot. It never does. A little worm burner. I love it. Ah. I love it. So driver was probably my number one pick for, you know, that feeling you get when you flush a driver, but I'm going to go another one outside of, outside of driver. Wow. I'm going to put the ball retriever as one of my top clubs. <laughs> nice. You got to have that when you're nice. getting into the water, when you're out, when you're out, when you're out searching for balls, you got to have that. You know, you took driver off the board. I had to come in with the ball retriever. I didn't think he was going to be there. So I'm glad he's there. Yep. Yep. I can't believe I let that one slip from my grasp. That's a great late round. Pick. <laughs> That's that could win rookie of the year this year, honestly. Could be. It, it could be his year this year. It should for me. It would, it would absolutely for me. I mean, it, it gets more use than any other club as, as our dad, as my dad likes to say. <laughs> it does. It does get a lot of use. And, and one reason why I wanted to do this big three of golf clubs, because on two weeks on uh, September 18th, we are going out and doing our yearly tournament with the boys. You currently hold the Brown jacket. Ha Let me ask you this scooter. Have you put your stamp on the Brown jacket yet? I have. I put both the stamp for Tanner and for me last year. Um, we're going to be playing at, hopefully, we get a tee time because I haven't been able to find one all summer long. But I'm, I'm getting right on it at 8 o'clock tonight to, to grab a tee time at old Wasatch Mountain State course. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to uh, Actually, this will be the first time I've played 18 holes all year. So it's <laughs> probably won't. It's not looking good for my defending title title hopes. I love it. I love it. And, and hopefully you can defend the title. We're coming for you this year, though. We've got we're biting on your heels. So we're coming for it this year. We're, we want the stamps this year. You guys have probably all you don't need to. You won't be biting my heels by any means. I, I, I like to start that hole off sitting at maybe plus three first hole plus three plus four, you know, just. The, the hare always wins the race or the, the, the tortoise always wins the race. I screwed it up. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're excited for that. We'll definitely let our listeners know here in about two weeks about that, but it was a great podcast today, Scott. Do you have any closing remarks? I am just happy to be here with you on the dual threat. Um, looking forward to the new exciting adventures that are going to happen. Going to kind of begin um, kind of our new format. I just want the listeners to know, let us know. We're going to be more active on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know questions you have. We always say this, but we do really want to hear from you because we care about catering what we talk about to you. So please let us know. Um, we'll try to provide content there as well if you can't catch the podcast. So um, like and subscribe, baby. Rate and review. Like and that, that's awesome. I love the plug for us. You gave a yeah. free plug for us. I love it. Yeah, free plug. Only five bucks. Only me. five bucks. That's all. Uh, yeah. My final remarks are go out and support the U.S. soccer team. They have a big game against Honduras. We won't be able to be there, but, you know, still tune in. Uh, they've drawn the last two games. This is World Cup qualifiers. If they do get in, then then we'll be talking about watching them in Qatar or Qatar, however you want to say it in 2022 and i really hope usa can make it this this time around like it we need usa usa soccer's back is USA, it coming home is it coming home usa soccer is starting it is starting oh, okay okay 
Pulisic okay. hasn't brought us back yet, huh? Not yet. We'll we'll get there though. We'll be there. So okay. One oh, more I'll... plug. I've got one more plug. Oh yeah, finish us off. We did talk about the the marquee game of the week, BYU versus Utah. I'm just gonna shout out the Kansas football Jayhawks for getting their first win in 650 days, baby. KU football. That's who's back. That's who who's back of the week. They they even stormed the field. I love it. Oh yeah. It. Oh yeah. I would have I would have done it if I was there too. We throw the goalposts into the into the lake nearby man it's got it doesn't matter if you're beating a d2 team d3 team any wins a win baby it was a riot in Lawrence, kansas that night i wish i could have been there oh yeah well great well well thank you as always uh for joining in with us on on the dual threat podcast we're excited for next week uh and we'll catch you next week on the podcast you have a great week catch on the flippity flop (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.